Welcome to Equipus Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Desiree Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Um, I thought this morning before I just launched into what I feel is on my heart, um, I would share just a couple of things about me because there's quite a lot of new people, a lot of students that have moved here to Dunedin perhaps for the first time or maybe this is your second year. Um, but we just want to really warmly welcome all of you, anybody, student or not, and just say, you know, you can find your place here. Um, you're welcome here. This is a great big family, and um, we love to do life together, and um, we hope that you will encounter the presence of God every Sunday morning when you walk in this place, and you'll also make some friends along the way that you can do life with. Um, so I love Jesus. Um, I love the Word of God, and I'm expectant to see wide-scale transformation in the world that I live in, the life that I get to live, my sphere of influence because of the love of Jesus, not because of anything else, not because of any great superpower that I think I might have, but really just because of the love of Jesus. Um, I'm married to Will. Yep. And um, <laughs> um, recently we celebrated 24 years of marriage. Um, yes, very cool. <laughs> I actually um, am planning my parents' 50th wedding anniversary party at the moment, and, um, and I said to them, for their 25th wedding anniversary, I remember that we planned a party, a surprise party for them, and, um, and I thought they were really old. <laughs> so that's me and Will next year. Yep. <laughs> Feeling older. Um, we've got three beautiful children, and um, I won't point them out or name them or do any of those kind of things that might embarrass them. Um, the life I get to live is pretty colourful, it's full, it's a bundle of lots and lots of things and not just one thing. Um, I love my family, I love being a pastor, I love running, I love my friends and I get paid to do some accounting work. Um, my life is full and I love mostly every minute of it and coffee helps. Um, but one really real thing about me, like I thought maybe I'll share something really real with you so that you, you know me, and, um, and then I can share some things from the Word of God with you. Um, probably my greatest revelation in my own personal walk with Jesus was when he rewired how I saw myself. Um, he took me on a bit of a journey. There was a bit of a bleak moment in my life in my mid-20s. I like to refer to it as my quarter-life crisis. And, um, and God met me there. He met me right there in that moment, and he revealed some truth to me, and he re rebuilt my identity from the inside out. When I was dealing with issues like rejection and not feeling good enough and not mattering and no worth and all those kind of things over and over again, Jesus took me to a couple of places in the Bible. I threw it on the floor first. Then he took me to a couple of places in the Bible, and he revealed to me, hey, this is how I've made you. This is who I say you are. Rebuild how you feel about yourself on this truth, not on anything else, not on the opinions of others, not on what other people might be thinking about you or not, but on what I say about you. And that was truly the, the line in the sand moment for me as a young adult, and, um, and I try not to look backwards now. <laughs> I try to look forwards, walking in that, that identity that Jesus has formed for me. So enough about me. Um, I pray that God anoints every single word that I speak today, that it goes straight into your heart and that there's some truth there for you that you can walk out this week, Monday to Friday. Awesome. Let's pray. Holy God, thank you for this moment in time. Thank you that you want to speak to us. Thank you that you have truth for us to walk in and understand and unpack. And I pray, God, that you would do a deep and a lasting work in our hearts today. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your grace. Pour out your love. Pray out your anointing, 
pour out your words of truth that bring change and transformation, I pray. Amen. Amen. So um, today I'm sharing some thoughts in our theme, Commissioned, um, and what it actually means to live out the Great Commission from Matthew 28. And so we're going to go to that scripture. That's our key scripture for this series, Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And um, hopefully it'll pop up behind me. And then Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He's speaking to the disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, this morning we're going to unpack a little bit more what it means to be commissioned by God. And, you know, right from the beginning of the time, before Matthew 18, God has been commissioning people. He's been sending people on mission to do some of the stuff that he would put in front of us to do. He's always been on mission. And it's not just for a special few people. It's all of us. Go in the name of Jesus and do a few of these things. And what a privilege. What a privilege it is to get to walk with him, to get to live life with him, to be on mission with the creator of the universe, playing a small part in his master plan for all of humanity. And, you know, there's four main action words in that scripture that I just read out, or verbs, doing words. Go, make disciples, baptize, and teach. And today, we're actually looking at verb number two, make disciples. And what does that mean for our lives? So I've titled this message this morning, Share Your Life. And the big idea, the sound, the feeling, what I want you to leave with this morning is that you matter, your life matters, and if you'll open it up and share it with others, you will be making disciples. You'll be part of the Great Commission. I don't want to minimize the Great Commission at all, but I do want to demystify it a little bit this morning. I want to make it a little bit easier to translate into what it means for my life and your life on a daily basis. Because quite frankly, if someone said to me, Desiree, today, could you please go and make some disciples? I'd be like, whoa, that's a big job. Where do you want me to start? (laughs) What do you want me to do? What part of that shall I unpack? My gosh, no. What I want you to walk away with from today is, could you share your life with a few people? Could you be sold in light? Could you just love some other people so well that they go, whoa, what's different about you? Demystify, not minimize. Um, It's my prayer that you'll be inspired and motivated today to be a person that shares their ordinary, everyday life with the rest of the people that you do your life with. Just, Just letting some of your greatness leak out. Some of the presence of God, some of the love of God, some of the kindness of God. And recognizing that as you do this, as you open up your life to other people, God is gonna fill that space and he is gonna come through with the goods. He is the one who is gonna do the discipling. He's the one who's gonna do the transformation. He's the one that's gonna make the difference. All you've done is open the door. Open your life, let people see a good God, and let him show off his glory. So I've got three more scriptures for us to set the scene today, and then I've got two stories of ordinary people from the Bible who opened their lives, and God did the discipling. And then there's a little charge that I want to leave us with at the end. All good? Okay, let's turn to 1 Peter 2, verses 9 to 12, and I'm going to read from the message version. 
Um, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he has made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life in your neighborhood so that your actions will refute their prejudices. They'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. I love this scripture for a, f- a number of great reasons. The first one is chosen by God. Woo! Chosen. Saved. From rejected to accepted. And then live by example. Others will naturally see how good God is if we just live out that kind of life. And you might be thinking, poof, that doesn't sound very ordinary. (laughs) You know, when I read things like exemplary life, suddenly I'm like, that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) But what about if we skip down a few verses and we can read a little bit more about what what they're actually saying here. 1 Peter 3, verses 8 to 9. Now this is the goal, to live in harmony with one another and demonstrate affectionate love, sympathy, and kindness towards other believers. Let humility describe who you are as you dearly love one another. Never retaliate when someone treats you wrongly, nor insult those who insult you, but instead respond by speaking a blessing over them, because a blessing is what God promised to give you. That sounds like qualities I can live out. That sounds like some stuff I can do. I can demonstrate some of that affectionate love to other people. I can be kind. I can refuse to insult when I feel insulted. I can refuse to offend when I feel offended. Those sound like things that I could actually try to weave into my daily life. And so then the third scripture to set the scene, Romans 12:1. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, and going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. What a sacred privilege (laughs) that we get to just place our ordinary, everyday life before God as an offering. Going to work, waking up, going to bed, walking around life. Here I am, God. What a sacred privilege. So the big idea today, make disciples. Let's open our life. Let's share our life with people that we get to do everyday life with and watch what God will do. Um, I've got a couple of stories in the Bible to illustrate this point. Um, The first one is um, the woman and her Frank Green drink bottle. So who has one of those really expensive, super fancy Frank Green? I see your hand at the back. (laughs) There's these new drink bottles that are out there, um, and I've heard a lot about them in my household. And um, they are like, apparently they keep your water really hot or really cold, depending on which way you want it. And um, they don't break, and they fit in your handbag, and they don't leak, and they're a zillion dollars. Okay? (laughs) Woo! Frank Green drink bottle. But, you know, I just wanted to use that this morning for the title of point number one, because you'll remember it now. (laughs) You'll remember it now. And the next time you pick up any kind of drink bottle, you'll be like, oh, I wish I had a Frank Green. No, I don't want to make that kind of, you know, discontentment in your heart. But anyway, um, Frank Green drink bottles. I want to talk about the woman at the well, um, drawing some water, spending some time with Jesus, and what happened as a result of her just sharing her life with a few people. 
So Jesus was um, returning to, to Galilee and he had to walk through Samaria on the way and he came to a well and he was tired and so he sat down and a Samaritan woman came to get water like she did every day. So just scroll back a little bit in your mind, Romans 12.1, your everyday life, your walking around life, place it before God as an offering. So every day she comes to this well to draw water and this day she finds Jesus there. And he asks her for a drink. And they have this really, really real conversation. Slightly weird, but really real, true conversation. He reveals things to her. They talk about worship and they talk about faith. And in the end, he reveals who he is to her. And let's pick it up in John 4, verses 26 to 30. And Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. And just then, his, his disciples came back and they were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? And the woman left her Frank Green drink bottle beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. And skip down to verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we've heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. A whole village came to know who Jesus was personally because of one woman who didn't hold it to herself, but opened her life. And said, come meet someone awesome. Come meet this Jesus guy. He's for real. He's the real deal. Come. Come learn some stuff. Let him love you. Let him explain some things. Ordinary day. Turning up to do her ordinary stuff. And Jesus was waiting. <laughs> you know, to me that doesn't sound that hard. That, that sounds like something that's attainable. The Great Commission, go, make disciples. Could you just go about your ordinary, everyday life and just open up a little? Just share who Jesus is to you. Just have that conversation. Introduce that person. Your story happens when you just carry on living. Build your life. Include all the normal things, the normal disciplines. You know, eating, sleeping, exercise, <laughs> reading your Bible, going to work, living with integrity, living with good ethics. Be found in those ordinary details and, and turn up and open your life up and see what God would do. The providential hand of God will find you there. She didn't put Jesus at the water cooler. Jesus was already there waiting for her. The next time you go and fill up your bottle at the water cooler, could it be a reminder? Oh, Jesus, how can I open my life up a little bit more today? How could I share a little bit more of your love and your grace? She probably came every day at the same time. Aren't we creatures of habit too? Every day, filling out my water bottle at 10 a.m. or whatever it is when I'm bored. <laughs> Coming before that, normal thing, every day, ordinary thing, Jesus could be waiting. And you know, I love that the woman had to be close enough to hear him. Like she couldn't be on the other side, like just kind of looking at him from a distance. She, she had to be close enough to hear him, and he had to be able to say, hey, can you get me some water? And I, I love that she leaned in. 
like some of the stuff that Jesus spoke to her personally about at that stage was actually a little bit offensive. <laughs> some of the content that he was talking with her about could have been really repelling, but she leaned in. She leaned in for the truth. She leaned in for the word. She leaned in for what he had. And I guess my question to you would be, you know, could you lean in? Is there something that Jesus could speak to you about? Just when you're found doing your ordinary, everyday life, filling up your water bottle, could he be speaking? Could he ask you some stuff? Could you lean in a little bit more to hear Jesus' truth? She was going about her ordinary day, normal stuff, wasn't expecting this giant, miraculous revelation, and it happened. And a whole village comes to know who Jesus is. Powerful. The second story um, from the Bible that I want to share with you is um, called Sharing Your Lunch. And I guess you know where I'm going to go with this, but the feeding of the 5,000. So if we pick it up in John 6, and it says, Jesus feeds the 5,000. Some time after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went off on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed them to those who were seated as much as they wanted, and he did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the leftovers. After people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. And Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Um, So as I explained in the beginning of um, my message today, I'm an accountant. And so I love maths, and I love that maths makes sense, and that there's answers that are correct, they're right or wrong. (laughs) Not a lot of gray in maths. One plus one is two. You know, that's how it kind of works. God's maths, crazy. Five plus two, 5,000. Wouldn't you love that in your own bank accounts? (laughs) Five plus two equals 5,000. God's miracles can't be calculated. They don't make sense. They can't be worked out. God's generosity cannot be calculated. I wonder if some of us are living a life that's a little too calculated. I do X, I do Y, I get Z. Could we open up and just leave a little bit of room for the miracle power of God? You know, by your calculations, it doesn't really work out money-wise, time-wise, whatever it is, resource-wise, sacrifice-wise. But your calculations have left the miracle power of God out. Five plus two 
equals 5,000. Where do you need to let go of your own calculations and trust God? You know, this boy was just like, I'll offer up what I've got. It's not a lot, but you can have it. And some crazy maths took place. A miracle happened. Many people were fed that day, and they came to understand who Jesus was as a result of it. The disciples learned some pretty valuable lessons that day. Faith. (laughs) Nothing is impossible for God. In Jesus' hands, the small thing became very great. But it took an act of trust to get it into the hands of Jesus. Can you trust Jesus with your life in a way that means that you share it with other people? That you let go of the reins a little bit, let go of the control a little bit. You let go when it doesn't all make sense and allow yourself some miracle territory. Allow yourself a feeding of the 5,000 moment when you open up. You know, sharing is actually um, service to others. And, and my final point for the day is it's not a story, but it's a bit of a charge or a command um, from God. Don't want to be too bossy. Um, you know, but as we ponder this concept of sharing our lives with others, uh, the strength, the life that we get to live, the grace that has been poured out upon us, the strength that we get to walk in is so that we can serve others. It's so that we can give. It's so that we can be generous. And um, there's this lovely scripture, amazing scripture in Romans 15, verses 1 to 2 in the message. And it says, those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? You know, serving sharing your life. It's about investing in other people. It's about opening up and serving up what you've got. And it's kind of circular. I love how the kingdom of God works. When you give it away, you get it back. (laughs) It's just this kind of big, crazy cycle. So instead of holding on, could we open up? Could we share our lives? Could we live in a way that people see the love of God and that then disciples get made? You know, I wonder if a good question would be, how could you use your strengths to serve others in 2023? How could you share your life a little bit more? You know, I have some thoughts about how we do that and what it looks like. Um, You know, whatever you're doing, the thing that you find yourself serving up, don't make too big of a fuss about it. (laughs) You know, it's like, unpack that dishwasher quietly. Like, do the thing. You don't need all the attention for sharing the thing. You know, just do it quietly. Get on the business of sharing and watch what God does. Um, Just do it naturally. You know, be simple-hearted, be humble. Just live naturally and watch what God does. Maybe just do that ordinary thing, even if you think it's really, really small. You know, sometimes the things that God says to us and the the commands that he gives and um, the instructions, they seem really simple, and we're like, done that before. (laughs) Or, whoa, I'm better than that, Jesus. But, you know, often those things are the things that really, really matter. Like being kind when you don't have to be. 
or when the situation doesn't deserve it, or thinking about, hey, does forgiveness actually really matter? Does opening that door for that person really matter? Does having lunch with my colleague, you know, does that make any difference? Yeah, it does. Being kind, loving, sharing your life, picking up the coffee on the way in in the morning and just surprising someone with it, or sharing your homework, or helping somebody who is not doing as well in that subject as you are, just saying, hey, I've got two minutes, well, maybe an hour, <laughs> I've got an hour, <laughs> should we unpack that together? I get this concept. Those are the kind of things I'm talking about. Open up your life. Just share what you have. Serve one another. Nothing is too big or too small or too ordinary in the hands of Jesus. Just use what you have. Serve with the abilities you have. Serve with the grace that you know you walk in in your own life. Don't, don't overcomplicate it. <laughs> you know, when I read something like, go and make disciples, I'm like, panic attack. That is a lot. <laughs> So strip it back, share your life, <laughs> open it up, live, love other people, do ordinary things, share your life, show God off, and watch what the Holy Spirit does. You know, what's in your hand, what's familiar to you, what are you used to using? Those are the things that are just going to pour out of you really naturally in your ordinary, everyday life. Um, the word calling in Greek actually means shouting. And so if we think of like, God, what have you called me to? What things are shouting at you from your life? What are the things that just come out of you naturally that you don't even have to think about doing, that you just seem really good at? Or you think, oh, everyone can do that. No, they can't. That's how God has wired you. That's how you've been made. Share it. Serve it up. Use it. Um, in, the, in the journal book that we've got, you know, the little blue journal book that's um, out at the connection table if you don't have one, on day nine, it asks us this question. What is unique about your personality and gifts that makes you a great disciple maker? And that's what I mean by what are the things that just shout at you from your life? Those talents, those gifts, those abilities, the things that actually you kind of take for granted sometimes. But if you shared them, I wonder what God wants to do. Music team, you can come and jump up. You know, I wonder this week if, um, I like messages to be practical, right? I don't want to just tickle your ears <laughs> this morning. I actually want you to take some stuff away from this and go, whoa, I can implement that in my life. Um, I wonder if this week you could make a list of some of the ordinary skills and gifts and talents and character that you have, and then ask God, how can I share these with the people that I do life with? I think you'll be pretty surprised at what happens at the water cooler when you share your lunch, when you spend some time. What are the things that you live with every single day that you could just open your life up a little bit more and invite a few more people into your world? You know, could we pray, God, here are my hands, here are my ordinary days, I offer them up as a sacrifice. Could you intersect them, God, with your will, with your plans, with your purposes, with your Holy Spirit's presence? Help me to see what you see, God. Open the eyes of my heart. Open my eyes in faith. Let me see what you see. Could you add faith to your ordinary, everyday activities, believing that God's going to bust in that space? God, could you give me the courage just to share my heart and share my story, share my life with other people? 
my um, final words. It's a quote that I wanted to share with us. And it's, um, I don't even know who said it. I read it in the Air New Zealand magazine one day. But it was good, so we're just going to use it. <laughs> and it just says, um, great ambition and conquest without contribution will be without significance. What will your contribution be? As we ponder this concept, demystifying the Great Commission, sharing your life, what's the unique contribution that you could bring, that you could offer, that you could share? And then God can just bring the miracle into that space. I wonder if we could all stand. I'm going to close with prayer. I'm going to believe that the Holy Spirit's going to just impart some of His presence and power right now so that we feel equipped and ready to share our lives in a new way. Holy God, thank you for this time. I pray, Lord, that you would just seal the words that you have laid upon all of our hearts this morning. And I pray that you would speak truth. I pray that we would walk out of this place knowing just a little clearer some of the things that you have graced us with, some of the things that we could share with other people that we do life with. And Holy Spirit, I pray that we would see miracles in that place. As we open up, as we offer up our humanity, as we carry on living our everyday lives, Lord, let us see, let us take the moments, let us have the courage to have that conversation. Let us love like you would love God. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd come and do the transforming. You'd do the transforming. You'd cause people's attention to be drawn to you, Jesus. Remind us, Holy God, how we felt when we first encountered your love, your grace, your saving power. And I pray, Lord, that that would infuse us. I pray, Lord, that that would give us boldness and courage as we share our lives with the people that we do life with. Have all the glory, Jesus. Let your name be magnified. Let your name be made famous. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.